Welcome to Bible in a Year with Bill. In this podcast, the goal is to make our way through the whole Bible in a year. Each day we'll be reading from either an Old Testament or a New Testament book, as well as a chapter or two from a more contemplative book, such as Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, or a few others. This year I've decided to read from the Message Paraphrase by Eugene Peterson. This paraphrase is an excellent, easy-to-understand writing that will help to introduce new readers to biblical stories and concepts. It also helps more advanced readers to discover Mr. Peterson's take on the scriptures. Either way, it's a fun paraphrase, and I hope you will enjoy it with me. Let's go. Good day to you, and welcome to Day 68. It is March Ninth Today we're going to be reading from Numbers, chapters 11 to chapters 14. And then we're going to finish up today's reading with Psalm 31. So let's get right into it right away here with Numbers, chapter 11. The people fell to grumbling over their hard life. God heard. When he heard, his anger flared. Then, he, then fire blazed up and burned the outer boundaries of the camp. The people cried out for help to Moses. Moses prayed to God and the fire died down. They named the place Tabera, which means blaze, because fire from God had blazed up against them. The riffraff among the people had a craving, and soon they had the people of Israel whining, Why can't we have meat? We ate fish in Egypt, and it got it free. To say nothing of the cucumbers and melons, the leeks and onions and garlic, but nothing tastes good out here. All we get is manna, manna, manna. Manna was a seed-like substance with a shiny appearance like resin. The people went around collecting it and ground it between stones or pounded it fine in a mortar. Then they boiled it in a pot and shaped it into cakes. It tasted like a delicacy cooked in olive oil. When the dew fell on the camp at night, the manna was right there with it. Moses heard the whining, all those families whining in front of their tents. God's anger blazed up. Moses saw that things were in a bad way. Moses said to God, Why are you treating me this way? What did I ever do to you to deserve this? Did I conceive them? Was I their mother? So why dump the responsibility of this people on me? Why tell me to carry them around like a nursing mother, carry them all the way to the land you promised to their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people who are whining to me? Give us meat. We want meat. I can't do this by myself. It's too much. All these people, if this is how you intend to treat me, do me a favor and kill me. I've seen enough. I've had enough. Let me out of here. God said to Moses, Gather together seventy men from among the leaders of Israel, men whom you know to be respected and responsible. Take them to the tent of meeting. I'll meet you there. I'll come down and speak with you. I'll take some of the spirit that is on you and place it on them. They'll then be able to take some of the load of this people. You won't have to carry the whole thing alone. Tell the people, consecrate yourselves. Get ready for tomorrow when you're going to eat meat. You've been whining to God, we want meat, give us meat. We had a better life in Egypt. God has heard your whining and he's going to give you meat. You're going to eat meat. And it's not just for a day that you'll eat meat and not two days or five or ten or twenty, but for a whole month. 
You're going to eat meat until it's coming out your nostrils. You're going to be so sick of meat that you'll throw up at the mere mention of it. And here's why. Because you have rejected God, who is right here among you, whining to his face, Oh, why did we ever have to leave Egypt? Moses said, I'm standing here surrounded by 600,000 men on foot, and you say I'll give them meat, meat every day for a month. So where is it coming from? Even if all the flocks and herds were butchered, would that be enough? Even if all the fish in the sea were caught, would that be enough? God answered Moses, So do you think I can't take care of you? You'll see soon enough whether what I say happens for you or not. So Moses went out and told the people what God had said. He called together seventy of the leaders and had them stand around the tent. God came down in a cloud and spoke to Moses and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the seventy leaders. When the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they didn't continue. It was a one-time event. Meanwhile, two men, Eldad and Medad, had stayed in the camp. They were listed as leaders, but they didn't leave camp to go to the tent. Still, the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' right-hand man since his youth, said, Moses, Master, stop them. But Moses said, Are you jealous for me? Would that all God's people were prophets? Would that God would put his spirit on all of them? Then Moses and the leaders of Israel went back to the camp. A wind set in motion by God swept quails in from the sea. They piled up to a depth of about three feet in the camp and as far out as a day's walk in every direction. All that day and night and into the next day, the people were out gathering the quail, huge amounts of quail. Even the slowest person among them gathered at least 60 bushels. They spread them out all over the camp for drying. But while they were still chewing the quail and had hardly swallowed the first bites, God's anger blazed out against the people. He hit them with a terrible plague. They ended up calling the place Kibroth Hatava which means graves of the craving. There they buried the people who craved meat. From Kibroth Hatava they marched on to Haziroth. They remained at Haziroth. Numbers chapter 12 Miriam and Aaron talked against Moses behind his back because of his Cushite wife. He had married a Cushite woman. They said, Is it only through Moses that God speaks? Doesn't he also speak through us? God overheard their talk. Now the man Moses was a quietly humble man, more so than anyone living on earth. God broke in suddenly on Moses and Aaron and Miriam, saying, Come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. The three went out. God descended in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance to the tent. He called Aaron and Miriam to him. When they stepped out, he said, Listen carefully to what I'm telling you. If there is a prophet of God among you, I make myself known to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams. But I don't do it that way with my servant Moses. He has the run of my entire house. I speak to him intimately, in person, in plain talk without riddles. He ponders the very form of God. So why did you show no reverence or respect in speaking against my servant, against Moses? The anger of God blazed out against them, and then he left. When the cloud moved off from the tent, oh, Miriam had turned leprous, her skin like snow. Aaron took one look at Miriam, a leper, 
He said to Moses, Please, my master, please don't come down so hard on us for this foolish and thoughtless sin. Please don't make her like a stillborn baby coming out of its mother's womb with half its body decomposed. And Moses prayed to God, Please, God, heal her. Please heal her. God answered Moses, If her father had spat in her face, wouldn't she be ostracized for seven days? Quarantine her outside the camp for seven days. Then she can be readmitted to the camp. So Miriam was in quarantine outside of the camp for seven days. The people didn't march on until she was readmitted. Only then did the people march from Hazaroth and set up camp in the wilderness of Paran. Numbers chapter 13 God spoke to Moses, Send men to scout out the country of Canaan that I am giving to the people of Israel. Send one man from each ancestral tribe, each one a tried and true leader in the tribe. So Moses sent them off from the wilderness of Paran at the command of God. All of them were leaders in Israel, one from each tribe. These were their names. From Reuben, Shamua, son of Zakur. From Simeon, Shaphchat, son of Hori. From Judah, Caleb, son of Jephunneh. From Issachar, Igal, son of Joseph. From Ephraim, Hoshea, son of Nun. From Benjamin, Palti, son of Raphu. From Zebulun, Gadiel, son of Sodi. From Manasseh, which is a Joseph tribe, Gadi, son of Susi. From Dan, Amiel, son of Gamali. From Asher, Sether, son of Michael. From Naphtali, Napi, son of Vopsi. From Gad, Guel, son of Maki. These are the names of the men Moses sent to scout out the land. Moses gave Hoshea, which means salvation, son of Nun, a new name, which means, or it, which is Joshua, which means God saves. When Moses sent them off to scout out Canaan, he said, Go up through the Negev and then into the hill country. Look the land over. See what it is like. Assess the people. Are they strong or weak? Are there few or many? Observe the land. Is it pleasant or harsh? Describe the towns where they live. Are they open camps or fortified with walls? And the soil, is it fertile or barren? Are there forests? And try to bring back a sample of the produce that grows there. This is the season for the first ripe grapes. With that, they were on their way. They scouted out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob toward Libohamath. Their route went through the Negev desert to the town of Hebron. Ahiman, Shishai, and Talmai, descendants of the giant Anak, lived there. Hebron had been built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. When they arrived at the Eshkol Valley, they cut off a branch with a single cluster of grapes. It took two men to carry it, slung on a pole. They also picked some pomegranates and figs. They named the place Eshkol Valley, which means grape cluster valley, because of the huge cluster of grapes they had cut down there. After 40 days of scouting out the land, they returned home. They presented themselves before Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They reported to the whole congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told the story of their trip. We went to the land to which you sent us, and oh, it does flow with milk and honey. Just look at this fruit. The only thing is that the people who live there are fierce. Their cities are huge and well fortified. Worse yet, we saw descendants of the giant Anak. Amalekites are spread out in the Negev. Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites hold the hill country. And the Canaanites are established on the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan. Caleb interrupted, called for silence before Moses, and said, Let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. 
But the others said, We can't attack those people. They're way stronger than we are. They spread scary rumors among the people of Israel. They said, We scouted out the land from one end to the other. It's a land that swallows people whole. Everybody we saw was huge. Why, we even saw the Nephilim giants, the Anak giants, come from the Nephilim. Alongside them we felt like grasshoppers, and they looked down on us as if we were grasshoppers. Numbers chapter 14 The whole community was in an uproar, waiting all, wailing all night long. All the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The entire community was in on it. Why didn't we die in Egypt? Or in this wilderness, why has God brought us to this country to kill us? Our wives and children are about to become plunder. Why don't we just head back to Egypt and right now? Soon they were all saying it to one another. Let's pick a new leader. Let's head back to Egypt. Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in front of the entire community, gathered in an emergency session. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, members of the scouting party, ripped their clothes and addressed the assembled people of Israel. The land we walked through and scouted out is a very good land, very good indeed. If God is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land that flows, as they say, with milk and honey, and he'll give it to us. Just don't rebel against God and don't be afraid of those people. Why, we'll have them for lunch. They have no protection, and God is on our side. Don't be afraid of them. But up in arms now, the entire community was talking of hurling stones at them. Just then, the bright glory of God appeared at the tent of meeting. Every Israelite saw it. God said to Moses, How long will these people treat me like dirt? How long refuse to trust me? And with all these signs I've done among them, I've had enough. I'm going to hit them with a plague and kill them. But I'll make you into a nation bigger and stronger than they ever were. But Moses said to God, The Egyptians are going to hear about this. You delivered this people from Egypt with a great show of strength, and now this? The Egyptians will tell everyone. They've already heard that you are God, that you are on the side of this people, that you are present among them, that they see you with their own eyes in your cloud that hovers over them, in the pillar of cloud that leads them by day and the pillar of fire at night. If you kill this entire people in one stroke, all the nations that have heard what has been going on will say, since God couldn't get these people into the land which he had promised to give them, he slaughtered them out in the wilderness. Now, please let the power of the master expand, enlarge itself greatly along the lines you have laid out earlier when you said, God, slow to get angry and huge in loyal love, forgiving iniquity and rebellion and sin. Still, never just whitewashing sin, but extending the fallout of parents' sins to the children into the third, even the fourth generation. Please forgive the wrongdoing of this people out of the extravagance of your loyal love, just as all along from the time they left Egypt, you have been forgiving this people. God said, I forgive them, honoring your words, but as I live and as the glory of God fills the whole earth, not a single person of those who saw my glory saw the miraculous signs I did in Egypt and the wilderness, and who have tested me over and over and over again, turning a deaf ear to me, not one of them will set eyes on the land I so solemnly promised to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with such repeated contempt will see it. But my servant Caleb, this is a different story. He has a different spirit. He follows me passionately. I'll bring him into the land that he scouted, and his children will inherit it. 
Since the Amalekites and Canaanites are so well established in the valleys, for right now change course and head back into the wilderness, following the route to the Red Sea. God spoke to Moses and Aaron, How long is this going to go on, all this grumbling against me by this evil infested community? I've had my fill of complaints from these grumbling Israelites. Tell them, as I live, God's decree, here's what I'm going to do. Your corpses are going to litter the wilderness. Every one of you twenty years and older who was counted in the census, this whole generation of grumblers and grousers, not one of you will enter the land and make your home there the firmly and solemnly promised land, except for Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. Your children, the very ones that you said would be taken for plunder, I'll bring in to enjoy the land you rejected while your corpses will be rotting in the wilderness. These children of yours will live as shepherds in the wilderness for forty years, living with the fallout of your whoring unfaithfulness, until the last of your generation lies a corpse in the wilderness." You scouted out the land for 40 days. Your punishment will be a year for each day, a 40-year sentence to serve for your sins, a long schooling in my displeasure. I, God, have spoken. I will most certainly carry out these things against this evil entire community which has banded together against me. In this wilderness they will come to their end. There they will die." So it happened that the men Moses sent to scout out the land returned to circulate false rumors about the land, causing the entire community to grumble against Moses. All these men died. Having spread false rumors of the land, they died in a plague confronted by God. Only Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, were left alive of these men who went to scout out the land. When Moses told all of this to the people of Israel, they mourned long and hard, but early the next morning they started out for the high hill country, saying, We're here, we're ready, let's go up and attack the land that God promised us. We sinned, but now we're ready. But Moses said, Why are you crossing God's command yet again? This won't work. Don't attack. God isn't with you in this. You'll be beaten badly by your enemies. The Amalekites and Canaanites are ready for you, and they'll kill you. Because you have left off obediently following God, God is not going to be with you in this. But they went anyway. Recklessly and arrogantly they climbed to the high hill country. But the chest of the covenant and Moses didn't budge from the camp. The Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in the hill country came out of the hills and attacked and beat them, a rout all the way down to Hormah. Psalm 31 I run to you, God. I run for dear life. Don't let me down. Take me seriously this time. Get down on my level and listen, and please, no procrastination. Your granite cave a hiding place, your high cliff area place of safety. You're my cave to hide in, my cliff to climb. Be my safe leader. Be my true mountain guide. From me, or free me from hidden traps. I want to hide in you. I've put my life in your hands. You won't drop me. You'll never let me down. I hate all this silly religion, but you, God, I trust. I'm leaping and singing in the circle of your love. You saw my pain. You disarmed my tormentors. You didn't leave me in their clutches, but gave me room to breathe. Be kind to me, God. I'm in deep, deep trouble again. I've cried my eyes out. I feel hollow inside. 
My life leaks away, groan by groan. My years fade out in size. My troubles have worn me out, turned my bones into powder. To my enemies, I'm a monster. I'm ridiculed by the neighbors. My friends are horrified. They cross the street to avoid me. They want to blot me from memory. Forget me like a corpse in a grave. Discard me like a broken dish in the trash. The street talk gossip has me criminally insane. Behind locked doors, they plot how to ruin me for good. Desperate, I throw myself on you. You are my God. Hour by hour, I place my days in your hand, safe from the hands out to get me. Warm me, your servant, with a smile. Save me because you love me. Don't embarrass me by not showing up. I've given you plenty of notice. Embarrass the wicked. Stand them up. Leave them stupidly shaking their heads as they drift down to hell. Gag those loud-mouthed liars who heckle me, your follower, with jeers and catcalls. What a stack of blessing you have piled up for those who worship you, ready and waiting for all who run to you to, an escape, to escape an unkind world. You hide them safely away from the opposition. As you slam the door on those oily, mocking faces, you silence the poisonous gossip. Blessed God! His love is the wonder of the world. Trapped by a siege, I panicked. Out of sight, out of mind, I said. But you heard me say it. You heard and listened. Love God, all you saints. God takes care of all who stay close to him, but he pays back in full those arrogant enough to go it alone. Be brave. Be strong. Don't give up. Expect God to get here soon. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bless this reading today. The Bible calls the promised land, Canaan, a land flowing with milk and honey because of the abundance of figs, dates, and nuts there. The land also contained many imposing and fortified cities with tall, thick walls. God expects believers to exercise faith and obey His leading, even when they face challenging obstacles. Although, on our own, we may not find a way, God can. Faithful disciples wait patiently for Him to work. For many people, it is less difficult to commit the future to the Lord than to commit the present. Many recognize that we are helpless in regard to the future, but we feel as if the present is in our own hands and must be carried on our own shoulders. Our goal as believers is to never carry our own burdens, to release them to the Lord as soon as they arise. Sure, this is a lot easier said than done, but I truly believe that releasing our burdens and cares to Jesus could alleviate many, if not all, of the stresses or worries that we try to deal with on our own every day. What are your big concerns and worries? However imposing they may be, commit them to the Lord. Begin a conversation today with a close friend by explaining how God is working in your life. Ask the friend to pray with you. Now. Pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. 
Amen. Thank you for joining me today on Bible in a Year with Bill. It is so amazing having you here with me every day as we go through the the message paraphrase. Absolutely fantastic. I look forward to every day as I do this, and I look forward to meeting with you here every day. Thank you for joining me, and I will talk to you tomorrow.